0: We'll do the first siege for Bechukhoisai. This is also the scene of the second tomb, which the Rebbe will address later on. So, in our parsha, the posik originally starts off with the blessings. In Bechukhoisai Telechu, Ves Mitzvah Shetish if you study Torah, put effort into Torah, you keep the mitzvahs, and the Eibishter says, Period, all the blessings. And then, there's also a posse that says, chayero Min So the question is, Hishbati, what is Hishbati? Hishbati comes from the notion of Shabbos, almost, right? i rest. The earth will be rested, which means they won't be, or... Hashem says, I will remove, I will take away the chayero Minorets. So what exactly means that uh, Hashem's blessing is that the bad animals He will remove from the land. So, in the Torah's Kahanim, He brings down a disagreement between Rabbi Yehuda and Rabbi Shimon. Rabbi Yehuda says that what does it mean that Hashem will remove them basically means that they're no longer going to exist. So let's say the lions, the the, the wolves, the, the the animals that prey, uh, that cause damage, uh, Shem is going to remove them. So Hashem is going to rest. There's going to be no more such animals. But Rabbi Shimon, Reb Shimon disagrees, he says they're going to rest, meaning... They're, they're going to be destroyed. They're not longer going to do any damage. So they'll be the wolf will be there, the lion, the bear. They'll be there, but they're not going to have that uh, tendency, that nature. They're not going to do damage. They won't be masik. So, and he brings a proof to the opinion of Rabbi Shimon, because it says in the pasuk it says. Sing a song for the day of Shabbos. What does it mean, day of Shabbos? Talking about in the future, that let's sing the song for the day of Shabbos. That means when Mashiach will come, that's going to be the time of Shabbos. What does it mean it's the time of Shabbos? L'majbis mazikin min why is it Shabbos? Because he will stop the, uh, dam- the those who do damage to the world. And he translates what it means is that they will no longer do damage. So the animals will be there, they won't do damage. As the passage says, it continues over there, it says, zevim that the wolf will live with the sheep. There will be a wolf, there will be a sheep, And the wolf will live together with the sheep. And the verse says, You'll have a young child that's going to lead them. And and a very small baby is going to be playing at the entrance of the snake, of a a python, which is a dangerous snake, a child who played there. And it continues that this teaches us that a small child of Yidin is going to stretch his hand into the eyeball of a tsifoini that's a a snake, a damager, and it won't do anything to him. So, Rab Shimon is trying to prove his opinion that it doesn't mean that they're not going to be in the world, but it means they're not going to do damage. But the rabbi asks, so what is the evidence from the first Posech, Mizmer Shirley ma shabbos. Well, he just says that it means over there that he's going to rest from the Mazikim. It means they're not going to do damage. It doesn't say there maybe they're not going to be around. Mizmer Shirley ma the word Shabbos, is exactly the same word as Vihishbati. So how come by Yom HaShabbos is more evidence that it means they're not going to be doing damage? Uh, and that means, just like uh, Rabbi Yehuda disagrees and he translates vishbati chayiro means what? That they're not going to be in existence anymore. Why can't he not touch the same thing? That means, there they're not going to be any more damages. How is the evidence brought from the Mizrashir Laiyam HaShabbos? That's the Rebbe's first question. Number two, the Rabbi asks, we have a big problem with Rabbi Yehuda. Because Rabbi Yehuda's argument is that there will be no... His, his interpretation is means that there will not be any more animals at all, but there's a Befer Sheposek? Because the Pesach says, we go to and So we see there will be a wolf, there will be a sheep. Well, the sheep is not a damage, but a wolf will be there. But this clearly states in the Pesach that all these animals that do damage will still be in existence. It talks about a wolf, it talks about a bear, it talks about a lion, and even a snake. The Pesach says, They will not do bad, they will not destroy, So how could even Rabbi Yehuda say that ma that they're not going to be in existence when the Possek seems to clearly say that there is going to be these animals. So second, the uh, great uh, Ragachogar, he's a great genius, Uh, he explains Why Rabbi Yehuda holds uh, that it really means Hashem is going to remove them totally, because that's the same view that Rabbi Yehuda holds with regards to the burning of the chametz. Uh, There is a disagreement between the chachamim and Rabbi Yehuda. How to get rid of chametz? Rabbi Yehuda says you cannot get rid of the chametz only by burning it. The Chachamim say, you don't have to destroy the chametz; you can crumb it up and throw it away to the wind, it's not edible, nobody can get it, that's enough. That means removal of the Khamets. that means destruction of the chametz. you don't have to burn it. What is the argument? What's the logic behind the argument? Because when you uh, throw the Khamets, let's say, into the ocean, And even if you go and you scatter it in the wind, so then what you're doing is you're taking apart uh, pieces of it. But the essence of the Chomets remains. The Torah says, by Chomets it says, Tashbisu. Again, the word Shabbos, like Vishbati, Tashbisu, soir B'Patechem. Rabbi Huda is of the opinion That if you're just going to crumb up the chametz and scatter it in the wind or throw it into the ocean, you will not fulfill the mitzvah of Tashbisu. Because according to Reb Yehuda, when you say to Shvisa means to remove the existence. Not just to crumb it up, but you have to take away its existence. So therefore, the only way to do it is by burning it. Because when you burn the chometz, then you're actually uh, taking away your mevatel, the whole existence. The ashes that remain later on is a, sort of a new, a new item. The previous existence no longer there. There's no more chometz over there. So since the Torah says tashbisu, you have to remove the existence. But the Chachamim disagree, which would be Rabbi Shimon, the other opinion. He holds that even if you just... Chachamim, which also includes Rabbi Shimon, they are of the opinion that you don't have to take away the whole existence. Even if you remove the shape. Um, and you remove the, the quality of the item the quality of the item is only when it has its its pieces. Um, uh, which means in the broader uh, understanding, which means uh, what would be the quality of a food that you have the ability to eat it? Uh, to benefit from it? That would mean when the Torah says, it shall not be seen to you, which means that in some way you can see it, benefit, enjoy it. So that, if you remove that possibility from the chametz, that's called Shvisa. And therefore they're of the opinion that even when you're just crumbling up and you're throwing it into the wind or you're throwing it into the ocean, you fulfill the mitzvah of Tashbizus. So the Raghachagur explains that this is also the reason from Rabbi Yehuda and Rabbi Shimon, in the meaning of Vishbati Chayarom in Oritz, about the removal of the wild animal from the land. At the time that a wild animal stops to doing damage, what is taken away is its shape, but the existence remains as before. It changes the character, the nature of it. Even if we should say that the nature of a wild animal to do, mad, to do damage is something which it gets originally when it's created, even then we would understand that if you take away that part of that nature, you're just taking away part of the tsura, of the shape, of what that animal represents. But for sure, how much more so we know, that when Hashem created all the creations, the wild animals had not done any damage then. They weren't damaging the animals originally. This nature, that they should do damage, that came as addition after the sin of the Eitz Hadas. So therefore we can understand for sure that this nature is only an external shape of the, it's not the essence of that animal in other words, when you take away that ability then that animal is gone. No. The animal is still there. And when you remove that, you're not taking away the existence of that animal. So, therefore, the question becomes: here the Pasuk says vihishbati, I will remove that. So Rabbi Yehuda who says that shvisa means the nullification from its existence he says, vishbati chayro means that you've got to remove them from the world. But Rabbi Shimon, according to his opinion, also when you remove the shape, the tsura, that itself is already sufficient to be called shvisa. So therefore he says, they are going to be removed in the sense that they're not going to do damage because that is also called vishbati the says the, the language of resting is also on Shabbos. But Shabbos also says, And the Rabbi is going to connect that we take a find with regards to a prohibition. of which is connected with the words We also have a machloikas between Rabbi Yehud and Rabbi Shimon. And two areas which will fit into their general... Theme that we have been discussing. Number one, there is a concept on Shabbos when you do a malacha sheinot srikha legufa, which means you're doing something intentionally. You're doing a job on Shabbos intentionally, but you're not doing it because of the benefit of the job, but you're doing it. For another reason. So you're doing a work. As an example, let's say there are Goyim coming and you're extinguishing a fire because you don't want the Goyim to see you. But you're not extinguishing the fire because you don't want any fire here. So you're doing a malocha not because you want, don't want fire here, because you're afraid of the Goyim, so you don't want the Goyim to see you. What? Or let's say somebody's sick and you want it to be able to sleep so you put out the fire so what is the reason why you're putting it out because you don't want the candle to be burning no, you don't care about the candle you want the candle to burn but you're putting it out for other reasons sometimes you want to put it out let's say you want to save uh, the candle let's say you want the uh, that comes after it's burned up the pechum that comes from it that would be for the actual extinction. If you want to take it because you want to get the, the burnt out, um, the ashes, the, that. So, what would be when you do it for that purpose? Rabbi Yehuda holds that that would be mechoyev. You do the regular malacha. you be chayev. And Rabbi Shimon holds, no, that you're exempt. The other case in Shabbos where we find the machloikis is by what's called a Dovor Shei That means that you did a job, but you didn't intend to, you had no Kavona. So let's say, if you are pouring cold water into a metal hot, hot pot, let's say, and the reason you're pouring it in, you want to warm up the water. When you put the hal, cold water, on a ha- hot pot, you are strengthening the pot, you're sealing it. Uh, that would be when people complete a pot of water, a pot, when they create a pot, they put uh, cold water to seal it. Uh, he has no intention at all to seal the pot, that's not the melacha that he's doing. He wants to warm up the water a little bit. So, Rabbi Yehuda says, now, it's not a question of Mena Torah. Here's a question of Rabon Reb says it's prohibited, and Reb Shimon says that it is permitted. So what's the explanation in these disagreements? By Shabbos, the Torah doesn't allow only if it's called Malachas Machsheves, which means a thoughtful job. But if you are lacking the thought, you have a job without a thought. Now, without a thought, if you didn't intend to do it at all, so in that case, in the second case, so then you had just no intention at all, there's no thought. You never wanted to make that pot hot. But even if it's a work that you don't need the actual work itself, so, with regards to the uh, uh, reasoning and his thought, because it's, it's for another thing. So, this melacha that he's doing, it's a little bit lacking machshava. There's some of his thought lacking in this work that he's doing, because he's doing, it's not legufa, it's for something else. So, that means, in both of these cases if there is lacking full machshava, then the shape of the malacha has a little bit been taken away the tzurasah malacha. And since by Shabbos the Torah says u'bayo ima is the same vishbati that there needs to be shvisa, you have to rest from malacha so therefore Rabbi Yehuda who learns that shvisa is only when the entire existence becomes nullified, he says a <laughs> that when even a you're not really resting. While why? Because even without the kavana you still have the malach over there. So you haven't really fully rested. When the Torah says Tishbuis According to Rabbi Yehuda, means you got fully rest, just like you have to fully destroy. You have to fully rest. Resting a little bit, not having the full machshava, by melachshin Gufa, and having even less machshava, vadof hashen will therefore he will say it's oser, and it's Gufa, It's prohibited from the turn. But Rabbi Shimon, but another Rabbi Shimon, he holds that even when you take away the shape. That is also called already removal. That is already shvisa. So he holds that even if it's a melacha sheh la gufa, and it's a dova sheh Since it's lacking the shape of the melacha, which means the is a melacha, you don't have the full machshava, so then it's still included in tashbisim. When the turns says to rest, you're resting. Just like when destroying the chomets, if I can't use it in the regular way, if you're not fully doing the machshava, in that case, that is considered to be resting. So the Rebbe ties this in uh, to the, uh, also to the Mlochas of Shabbos. Okay.